Chapter thirty eight of Peveril of the Peak by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Speak not of niceness when there's chance of wreck, the captain said, as ladies writhed their neck to see the dying dolphin flap the deck. If we go down, on us these gentry sup we dine upon them if we haul them up wise men applaud us when we eat the eaters as the devil laughs when keen folks cheat the cheaters the sea voyage there was nothing in duke's manner towards christian which could have conveyed to that latter personage experienced as he was in the worst possible ways of the world that buckingham would at that particular moment rather have seen the devil than himself unless it was that buckingham's reception of him being rather extraordinarily courteous towards so old an acquaintance might have excited some degree of suspicion having escaped with some difficulty from the vague region of general compliments which bears the same relation to that of business that milton informs us the limbo patrum has to the sensible and material earth christian asked his grace of buckingham with the same blunt plainness with which he usually veiled a very deep and artificial character whether he had lately seen chiffinch or his helpmate neither of them lately answered buckingham have you not waited on them yourself i thought you would have been more anxious about the great scheme i have called once and again said christian but i can gain no access to the sight of that important couple i begin to be afraid they are paltering with me which by the welkin and its stars you would not be slow in avenging master christian i know your puritanical principles on that point well said the duke revenge may be well said to be sweet when so many grave and wise men are ready to exchange for it all the sugar-plums which pleasures offer to the poor sinful people of the world besides the reversion of those which they talk of expecting in the way of post obit you may jest my lord said christian but still but still you will be revenged on chiffinch and his little commodious companion and yet the task may be difficult chiffinch has so many ways of obliging his master his little woman is such a convenient pretty sort of a screen and has such winning little ways of her own that in faith in your case i would not meddle with them what is this refusing their door man we all do it to our best friends now and then as well as to duns and dull company if your grace is in a humour of rambling thus wildly in your talk said christian you know my old faculty of patience i can wait till it be your pleasure to talk more seriously seriously said his grace wherefore not i only wait to know what your serious business may be 
in a word my lord from chiffinch's refusal to see me and some vain calls which i have made at your grace's mansion i am afraid either that our plan has miscarried or that there is some intention to exclude me from the farther conduct of the matter christian pronounced these words with considerable emphasis that were folly as well as treachery returned the duke to exclude from the spoil the very engineer who conducted the attack but hark ye christian i am sorry to tell bad news without preparation but as you insist on knowing the worst and are not ashamed to suspect your best friends out it must come your niece left chiffinch's house the morning before yesterday christian staggered as if he had received a severe blow and the blood ran to his face in such a current of passion that the duke concluded he was struck with an apoplexy but exerting the extraordinary command which he could maintain under the most trying circumstances he said with a voice the composure of which had an unnatural contrast with the alteration of his countenance am i to conclude that in leaving the protection of the roof in which i placed her the girl has found shelter under that of your grace sir replied buckingham gravely the supposition does my gallantry more credit than it deserves oh my lord duke answered christian i am not one whom you can impose on by this species of courtly jargon i know of what your grace is capable and that to gratify the caprice of a moment you would not hesitate to disappoint even the schemes at which you yourself have laboured most busily suppose this jest played off take your laugh at those simple precautions by which i intended to protect your grace's interest as well as that of others let us know the extent of your frolic and consider how far its consequences can be repaired on my word christian said the duke laughing you are the most obliging of uncles and of guardians let your niece pass through as many adventures as boccaccio's bride of the king of garba you care not pure or soiled she will still make the footstool of your fortune an indian proverb says that the dart of contempt will even pierce through the shell of the tortoise but this is more peculiarly the case when conscience tells the subject of the sarcasm that it is justly merited christian stung with buckingham's reproach at once assumed a haughty and threatening mien totally inconsistent with that in which sufferance seemed to be as much his badge as that of shylock you are a foul-mouthed and most unworthy lord he said and as such i will proclaim you unless you make reparation for the injury you have done me and what said the duke of buckingham shall i proclaim you that can give you the least title to notice from such as i am what name shall i bestow on the little transaction 
which has given rise to such unexpected misunderstanding christian was silent either from rage or from mental conviction come come christian said the duke smiling we know too much of each other to make a quarrel safe hate each other we may circumvent each other it is the way of courts but proclaim a fico for the phrase i used it not said christian till your grace drove me to extremity you know my lord i have fought both at home and abroad you should not rashly think that i will endure any indignity which blood can wipe away on the contrary said the duke with the same civil and sneering manner i can confidently assert that the life of half a score of your friends would seem very light to you christian if their existence interfered i do not say with your character as being a thing of much less consequence but with any advantage which their existence might intercept fie upon it man we have known each other long i never thought you a coward and am only glad to see i could strike a few sparkles of heat out of your cold and constant disposition i will now if you please tell you at once the fate of the young lady in which i pray you to believe that i am truly interested i hear you my lord duke said christian the curl of your upper lip and your eyebrow does not escape me your grace knows the french proverb he laughs best who laughs last but i hear you thank heaven you do said buckingham for your case requires haste i promise you and involves no laughing matter well then hear a simple truth on which if it became me to offer any pledge for what i assert to be such i could pledge life fortune and honour it was the morning before last when meeting with the king at chiffinch's unexpectedly in fact i had looked in to fool an hour away and to learn how your scheme advanced i saw a singular scene your niece terrified little chiffinch the hen chiffinch i mean bid the king defiance to his teeth and walked out of the presence triumphantly under the guardianship of a young fellow of little mark or likelihood excepting a tolerable personal presence and the advantage of a most unconquerable impudence egad i can hardly help laughing to think how the king and i were both baffled for i will not deny that i had tried to trifle for a moment with the fair indamora but egad the young fellow swooped her off from under our noses like my own dracancer clearing off the banquet from the two kings of brentford there was a dignity in the gallant's swaggering retreat which i must try to teach mohun it will suit his part admirably this is incomprehensible my lord duke said christian who by this time had recovered all his usual coolness you cannot expect me to believe this who dared be so bold as to carry off my niece in such a manner and from so august a presence and with whom 
a stranger as he must have been would she wise and cautious as i know her have consented to depart in such a manner my lord i cannot believe this one of your priests my most devoted christian replied the duke would only answer die infidel in thine unbelief but i am only a poor worldling sinner and i will add what might of information i can the young fellow's name as i am given to understand is julian son of sir geoffrey whom men call peveril of the peak peveril of the devil who hath his cavern there said christian warmly for i know that gallant and believe him capable of anything bold and desperate but how could he intrude himself into the royal presence either hell aids him or heaven looks nearer into mortal dealings than i have yet believed if so may god forgive us who deemed he thought not on us at all amen most christian christian replied the duke i am glad to see thou hast yet some touch of grace that leads thee to augur so but ampson the hen chiffinch and half a dozen more saw the swain's entrance and departure please examine these witnesses with your own wisdom if you think your time may not be better employed in tracing the fugitives i believe he gained entrance as one of some dancing or masking party raleigh you know is accessible to all who will come forth to make him sport so instill this termagant tearing gallant like samson among the philistines to pull down our fine scheme about our ears i believe you my lord said christian i cannot but believe you and i forgive you since it is your nature for making sport of what is ruin and destruction but which way did they take to derbyshire i should presume to seek her father said the duke she spoke of going into paternal protection instead of yours master christian something had chanced at chiffinch's to give her cause to suspect that you had not altogether provided for his daughter in the manner which her father was likely to approve of now heaven be praised said christian she knows not her father is come to london and they must be gone down either to martindale castle or to moltrosi hall in either case they are in my power i must follow them close i will return instantly to derbyshire i am undone if she meet her father until these errors are amended adieu my lord i forgive the part which i fear your grace must have had in balking our enterprise it is no time for mutual reproaches you speak truth master christian said the duke and i wish you all success can i help you with men or horses or money i thank your grace said christian and hastily left the apartment the duke watched his descending footsteps on the staircase until they could be heard no longer and then exclaimed to jerningham who entered victoria victoria magna est veritas et prevalebit had i told the villain a word of a lie 
he is so familiar with all the regions of falsehood his whole life has been such an absolute imposture that i had stood detected in an instant but i told him truth and that was the only means of deceiving him victoria my dear jerningham i am prouder of cheating christian than i should have been of circumventing a minister of state your grace holds his wisdom very high said the attendant his cunning at least i do which in court affairs often takes the weather-gauge of wisdom as in yarmouth roads a herring-bus will baffle a frigate he shall not return to london if i can help it until all these intrigues are over as his grace spoke the colonel after whom he had repeatedly made inquiry was announced by a gentleman of his household he met not christian did he said the duke hastily no my lord returned the domestic the colonel came by the old garden staircase i judged as much replied the duke tis an owl that will not take wing in daylight when there is a thicket left to skulk under here he comes from threading lane vault and ruinous alley very near ominous a creature as the fowl of ill augury which he resembles the colonel to whom no other appellation seemed to be given than that which belonged to his military station now entered the apartment he was tall strongly built and passed the middle period of life and his countenance but for the heavy cloud which dwelt upon it might have been pronounced a handsome one while the duke spoke to him either from humility or some other cause his large serious eye was cast down upon the ground but he raised it when he answered with a keen look of earnest observation his dress was very plain and more allied to that of the puritans than of the cavaliers of the time a shadowy black hat like the spanish sombrero a large black mantle or cloak and a long rapier gave him something the air of a castiglione to which his gravity and stiffness of demeanour added considerable strength well colonel said the duke we have been long strangers how have matters gone with you as with other men of action in quiet times answered the colonel or as a good war-caper that lies high and dry in a muddy creek till seams and planks are rent and riven well colonel said the duke i have used your valour before now and i may again so that i shall speedily see that the vessel is careened and undergoes a thorough repair i conjecture then said the colonel that your grace has some voyage in hand no but there is one which i want to interrupt replied the duke tis but another stave of the same tune well my lord i listen answered the stranger nay said the duke it is but a trifling matter after all you know ned christian ay surely my lord replied the colonel we have been long known to each other he is about to go down to derbyshire to seek a certain niece of his whom he will scarcely find there now i trust to your tried friendship 
to interrupt his return to london go with him or meet him conjole him or assail him or do what thou wilt with him only keep him from london for a fortnight at least and then i care little how soon he comes for by that time i suppose replied the colonel any one may find the wench that thinks her worth the looking for thou mayest think her worth the looking for thyself colonel rejoined the duke i promise you she hath many a thousand stitch to her petticoat such a wife would save thee from skeldering on the public my lord i sell my blood and my sword but not my honour answered the man sullenly if i marry my bed may be a poor but it shall be an honest one then thy wife will be the only honest matter in thy possession colonel at least since i have known you replied the duke why truly your grace may speak your pleasure on that point it is chiefly your business which i have done of late and if it were less strictly honest than i could have wished the employer was to blame as well as the agent but for marrying a cast-off mistress the man saving your grace to whom i am bound lives not who dares propose it to me the duke laughed loudly why this is mine ancient pistol's vein he replied shall i sir pandarus of troy become and by my side wear steel then lucifer take all my breeding is too plain to understand ends of playhouse verse my lord said the colonel suddenly has your grace no other service to command me none only i am told you have published a narrative concerning the plot what should ail me my lord said the colonel i hope i am a witness as competent as any that has yet appeared truly i think so to the fool said the duke and it would have been hard when so much profitable mischief was going if so excellent a protestant as yourself had not come in for a share i came to take your grace's commands not to be the object of your wit said the colonel gallantly spoken most resolute and most immaculate colonel as you are to be on full pay in my service for a month to come i pray your acceptance of this purse for contingents and equipments and you shall have my instructions from time to time they shall be punctually obeyed my lord said the colonel i know the duty of a subaltern officer i wish your grace a good morning so saying he pocketed the purse without either affecting hesitation or expressing gratitude but merely as a part of a transaction in the regular way of business and stalked from the apartment with the same sullen gravity which marked his entrance now there goes a scoundrel after my own heart said the duke a robber from his cradle a murderer since he could hold a knife a profound hypocrite in religion and a worse and deeper hypocrite in honour would sell his soul to the devil to accomplish any villainy and would cut the throat of his brother 
did he dare to give the villainy he had so acted its right name now why stand you amazed good master jerningham and look on me as you would on some monster of ind when you have paid your shilling to see it and were staring out your pennyworth with your eyes as round as a pair of spectacles wink man and save them and then let thy tongue untie the mystery on my word my lord duke answered jerningham since i am compelled to speak i can only say that the longer i live with your grace i am the more at a loss to fathom your motives of action others lay plans either to attain profit or pleasure by their execution but your grace's delight is to counteract your own schemes when in the very act of performance like a child forgive me that breaks its favourite toy or a man who should set fire to the house he has half built and why not if he wanted to warm his hands at the blaze said the duke ay my lord replied his dependent but what if in doing so he should burn his fingers my lord it is one of your noblest qualities that you will sometimes listen to the truth without taking offence but were it otherwise i could not at this moment help speaking out at every risk well say on i can bear it said the duke throwing himself into an easy chair and using his toothpick with graceful indifference and equanimity i love to hear what such potsherds as thou art think of the proceeding of us who are of the pure porcelain clay of the earth in the name of heaven my lord let me then ask you said jerningham what merit you claim or what advantage you expect from having embroiled everything in which you are concerned to a degree which equals the chaos of the blind old roundhead's poem which your grace is so fond of to begin with the king in spite of good humour he will be incensed at your repeated rivalry his majesty defied me to it you have lost all hopes of the isle by quarrelling with christian i have ceased to care a farthing about it replied the duke in christian himself whom you have insulted and to whose family you intend dishonour you have lost a sagacious artful and cool-headed instrument and adherent said the monitor poor jerningham answered the duke christian would say as much for thee i doubt not were thou discarded to-morrow it is the common error of such tools as you and he to think themselves indispensable as to his family what was never honourable cannot be dishonoured by any connection with my house i say nothing of chiffinch said jerningham offended as he will be when he learns why and by whom his scheme has been ruined and the lady spirited away he and his wife i say nothing of them you need not said the duke for were they even fit persons to speak to me about the duchess of portsmouth has bargained for their disgrace then this bloodhound of a colonel 
as he calls himself your grace cannot even lay him on a quest which is to do you service but you must do him such indignity at the same time as he will not fail to remember and be sure to fly at your throat should he ever have an opportunity of turning on you i will take care he has none said the duke and yours jerningham is a low-lived apprehension beat your spaniel heartily if you would have him under command ever let your agents see you know what they are and prize them accordingly a rogue who must needs be treated as a man of honour is apt to get above his work enough therefore of your advice and censure jerningham we differ in every particular were we both engineers you would spend your life in watching some old woman's wheel which spins flax by the ounce i must be in the midst of the most varied and counteracting machinery regulating checks and counterchecks balancing weights proving springs and wheels directing and controlling a hundred combined powers and your fortune in the meanwhile said jerningham pardon this last hint my lord my fortune said the duke is too vast to be hurt by a petty wound and i have as thou knowest a thousand salves in store for the scratches and scars which it sometimes receives in greasing my machinery your grace does not mean dr wilderhead's powder of projection pshaw he is a quack salver and mountebank and beggar or solicitor drowned land's plan for draining the fens he is a cheat videlicet an attorney or the laird of lackpelf's sale of highland woods he is a scotsman said the duke videlicet both cheat and beggar these streets here upon the site of your noble mansion-house said jerningham the architects a bite and the plans a bubble i am sick of the sight of this rubbish and i will soon replace our old alcoves alleys and flower-pots by an italian garden and a new palace that my lord would be to waste not to improve your fortune said his domestic clodpate and muddy spirit that thou art thou hast forgot the most hopeful scheme of all the south sea fisheries their stock is up fifty per cent already post down to the alley and tell old mansus to buy twenty thousand pounds for me forgive me plutus i forgot to lay my sacrifice on thy shrine and yet expect thy favours fly post haste jerningham for thy life for thy life for thy life with hands and eyes uplifted jerningham left the apartment and the duke without thinking a moment farther on old or new intrigues on the friendship he had formed or the enmity he had provoked on the beauty whom he had carried off from her natural protectors as well as from her lover or on the monarch against whom he had placed himself in rivalship sat down to calculate chances with all the zeal of demoivre tired of the drudgery in half an hour 
and refused to see the zealous agent whom he had employed in the city because he was busily engaged in writing a new lampoon End of chapter thirty eight